when Steelers news breaks, Brooke Pryor from ESPN fixes it. Or at least we have her phone number. Uh, She joins us on the Adam Gold Show. Before we even start, I wish you and yours a happy Thanksgiving. I don't know uh, if we're giving thanks for a leadership change in the offensive room at Steelers Nation. Uh, but what can you tell us about the the decision, how long it took to get to this point, and was this Mike Tomlin's alone? Because we have gotten kind of conflicting messages about that. Well, first I can tell you that what I am thankful for is that the Steelers made the move before Thanksgiving and after we had our Friendsgiving. So I now have plenty of leftovers. <laughs> to hold me over through the week, and I can, like, breathe a little bit easier on Thursday. Good. Um, Unfortunately for Matt Canada, he will not be breathing easier on Thursday. Maybe he will because he won't have the pressure of trying to score points against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Steelers came to this decision because, as Mike Tomlin said, they weren't improving fast enough and they weren't improving consistently enough. I would certainly say that with no improvement since 2021, it has not been fast enough. Right. Um, I think that, that there was a sense that this pressure was mounting and they needed to make a decision. Were they going to go with the quarterback or were they going to go with the offensive coordinator? That's what it felt like to me is you have to pick a side in this situation. Yes, in a lot of ways, it felt like Matt Canada was losing some players in the locker room or at least that was the public perception and that was the perception that some of them were giving specifically Najee Harris. I was standing in front Mm -hmm. of him after they lost to the Browns. And one of the things that really stuck with me is he said, I'm getting tired of this expletive. And then he also said, he was asked, can these problems be fixed? And he said, can they be fixed? Sure. Will they be fixed? And then he trailed off Mm -hmm. to me. Those things, are, those are the things you say when you're frustrated about how an offense is being called, when you're frustrated about the leadership at the top. So to me, that all pointed at Matt Canada. And I think that when you look at also how he was pretty vigorously defending Matt Canada a month and a half ago, saying this is on the offense, we're not executing. I think at some point the players felt like we are just banging our heads against a wall. Mike Tomlin, he is really good at a lot of things, but I think what he's best at is taking the pulse of his locker room. And as he said, he's never fired a coach in season before. So this is uncharted territory for him, but when you know, you know. And so that was the decision that was made to move on from Canada because the other part of that is when I said they have to pick between the coordinator and the quarterback, they're not. it's a lot easier to part ways with an offensive coordinator whose, whose contract was up after this season anyway. It's a lot harder to move forward if you decide to move on from your first-round quarterback that you drafted less than two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that they look at this and they still believe in Kenny Pickett and they still think that they can salvage his career and that they can get him going. And when they saw the signs of regression, he had fewer than 100 passing yards before the last desperation play of the loss to the Browns. It was the worst game of his entire career. And granted, it's only, what, 22 games long, but mm-hmm. still, it's, it's not good. He's going in the opposite direction. And so this is a move that says, hey, we believe in Kenny Pickett. And it's also a challenge to Pickett that says, hey, we're putting all of our eggs in your basket. We need you to at least like, not drop the basket and break all of our eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, they make this move. They promote Mike Sullivan to being the play caller on Sundays, but then also running backs coach Eddie Faulkner to handle the offensive coordinator duties during the week, which is 
a strange um, <laughs> way to divide that labor. I don't know why you would have an offensive coordinator that doesn't call plays and the head coach is also not calling plays. But as Mike Tomlin said, the strength of the pack is the pack. And he was on a roll yesterday. I was not going to question it because nope. um, there were plenty of other things to question. And as far as whose decision it was, Mike Tomlin was very firm in saying it was his and his alone. I understand why he's saying that. I understand that messaging. However, whether or not he will say it or it's one of those things that's talked about, did Art Rooney step in? What I keep coming back to is there is no world in which Mike Tomlin, without consulting Omar Khan and certainly without consulting Art Rooney, says, I'm going to fire the offensive coordinator and just goes rogue and does it himself. Because here's the thing. Art Rooney's name is the one on those paychecks. Art Rooney has to sign off on paying the offensive coordinator to not offensive coordinate. So this is because this has so rarely happened. I have to imagine he had consulted with Art Rooney, whether it was Tomlin's suggestion, whether it was Rooney's suggestion. The bottom line is there had to have been communication there and there had to have been an agreement there before it was done. I think if you're the Steelers or if you're a Steelers fan who has watched this unfold, this train wreck that just, it keeps on going and just more and more train more and more cars fall off the rails. You want to say, why didn't you do this earlier? Why didn't this happen at the bye week when there was a more natural break? Why didn't this happen before the season? Um, I, I think that that's the most frustrating thing, but the thing to focus on is now they have seven more games to evaluate if Kenny Pickett before he goes into next year and after next season is when that fifth-year option decision comes due. And that's going to be a huge decision for the Steelers. I fully expect them to stick with Pickett through the 2024 season, give him another OC, but this gives them a longer time to evaluate him, and that's the most important thing going forward. Rick Pryor from ESPN who looked at my sheet and just checked off all the questions, all the follow-up questions I had about the uh, the dismissal of Matt Canada, which NC State fans wholly endorse, by the way, even though he's not <laughs> bothering their offense anymore. Uh, and you uh, you just you you ran through him beautifully. The schedule, I'm not saying the schedule gets easier because it's an NFL schedule and you just never know. Uh, after this week against the Bengals, which is on the road, Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals again, Seahawks, not easy, Ravens, not easy. Uh, but they could certainly put themselves in a very good playoff position. Uh, the division's not out of the question because it's an incredible division in terms of it being tight. You might be able to win this division. I don't think you can win it with 10, ga- 10 wins, but you can win it with 11 if you win the right tiebreakers. Uh, just real quick about that division. Cincinnati's dealing with a, uh, a, a backup quarterback that has very little to no experience in Jake Browning. He, they're not getting the same heat the Jets are getting for exposing themselves to only having Zach Wilson behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but what do you make of this division now with, what, you know, 40-some-odd percent of the season left? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that the reason I was able to check off all of your follow-ups is because I sit through Mike Tomlin press conferences every <laughs> Tuesday where he has a 20-minute opening statement that is really just a filibuster so he can answer everything so we can't ask him anything so (laughs) i have learned from the master uh but in terms of this division and cincinnati i think that the way i feel about this division right now is the way i felt before during and after that thursday night game 
where the Ravens beat the Bengals, but the Bengals lost Joe Burrow and the Ravens lost Lamar Jackson. Like there there was so much hype about Mm -hmm. this division going into the season. I was really excited to be covering a team in it because, oh my gosh, this is going to be a really tight race. You know, the Steelers probably have still the worst quarterback within the division, but like, are you kidding me? It's a division that has Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, But still it, it felt like, this was going they were going to beat up on each other and maybe the entire division could make the playoffs because they're all so good now i i still think there's a chance they could all end up making the playoffs but it would be because nobody in the afc is good <laughs> like it it has just been just been really frustrating in terms of like a massive letdown because of injuries because of these other like mitigating circumstances that teams can't control. I mean, you can't predict that that Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow and Mark Andrews are all going to go out for the year in the same what week long stretch. And before that, in Pittsburgh, no, Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb aren't the same level as those guys. But they still, the Steelers still lost two starting inside linebackers in back to back weeks, and that was by far their strongest position anywhere on the team. I mean. It was just like the whole team had punted a rabbit's foot into the river and said, we don't need good luck. And like they purposely walked under ladders and let black cats cross the street in front of them. I mean, it it was kind of insane the way that it all happened. Um, I, I think that the Steelers going down the stretch will end up winning five or six games because the key for them is if they're facing a team that does not have a very good defense it doesn't matter how good that offense is this is a defense I think that can generate enough splash plays that can get that kid that can turn the ball over enough that they can at least get some points on the board um, with a new offensive coordinator you know simplify the plan for Kenny Pickett run the ball more the fact Mm -hmm. that they've got the run game figured out I think is huge um, under Jalen Warren who by the way was born in Clinton North Carolina he's Grew up most of his life in Utah and then went to Oklahoma State, but there are North Carolina ties. Um, I I think that, you know, it it helps that the Steelers are facing Jake Browning two times um, and that they're also going to be facing the Ravens at the very end of the season where it may not even matter for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. That has happened several times recently. Um, But I think the Bengals, their defense is not as strong as it needs to be. And I think that they also certainly deserve some scrutiny for not having a viable backup quarterback option, especially when Burrow gets hurt in training camp. Like, this is not a surprise. The injury, the one that that took him out for the year, is a new one. But he has not been 100% at any point this year. Josh Dobbs has been just passed around the league. Like, Cincinnati (laughs) could have gotten in on that. And yet, they're like, no, we're good. We're good. And now Josh Dobbs is the Minnesota miracle walking himself. Like it, it is just, it's kind of baffling. Um, but if you're the Steelers, you're looking around thinking we can, we can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's realistic. And I think that that ties into also why now is the time to, to fire Matt Canada, because this is a winnable division. Um, this is how you say, all right, you know what? We're going to make a last ditch effort to make the playoffs. Is this a Super Bowl team? Is any team in the division a Super Bowl team? Eh, that that I'm not sure about. Um, I'd feel better about the Ravens if Mark Andrews yeah, was healthy. Exactly. But 
he could come back. You never know. What, Aaron Rodgers is out here jogging oh, with, stop like, with Aaron Rodgers. an Achilles stapled together. So <laughs> We have to stop with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> He's not, yeah, Rodgers but, isn't going to come back because Jets aren't going to be in a playoff position uh, by that time anyway. Let me ask you one more question. We've got about 60 seconds with Brooke Pryor. Um, you covered the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, I don't think drops are correctable. I think if you drop a lot of passes, you drop a lot of passes. Uh, They don't have a wide receiver that uh, Patrick Mahomes trusts. And the the other tight end, Watson, was a a drop machine in the game. The Marquez Valdez-Scantling drop was just glaring, and it cost them a game. Are the Chiefs still a legit Super Bowl among the favorites just because of Mahomes and Kelsey and a, and a great defense, or is there some worry there? I mean, if, if they're a Super Bowl favorite, it's because defense wins championships. I mean, that that's, that to me will be how they win the Super Bowl if, if they get back there. Um, but you're right, drops are not – Drops might be fixable, but certainly not within the course of a season. I watched it with Deontay Johnson a couple of years ago. You get in this mindset, and then you start to almost get, like, the yips with the yeah. drops, and then you lose the trust of your quarterback, and it's just a problem that's going to snowball. To me, the most concerning thing is that we saw Travis Kelsey have a crucial drop late in the game. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you're like, oh, my God, do I have to throw the ball to myself? <laughs> Am I just going to have to ricochet it off my offensive lineman's helmet to move the ball down the field? Like, I, I would be so frustrated if I were him because this is where the Chiefs, for all of the aggressive moves that they have made throughout the lifetime of Patrick Mahomes' career so far, they have really left him out to dry. They cleared the cupboard um, or have been in the process of clearing the cupboard since trading Tyreek Hill, and it's kind of like they've stripped it down each year to be like, all right, how much can we really get by with not having? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how far can we stretch this? And this is it. They have found the limit. They have got to get him help, and the trade deadline has come and gone, so good luck. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Giselle was the first one and said, "I uh, do we have do we want Tom to throw it to himself uh, when – who was – like was it uh, – wasn't Julian Edelman. I don't remember who was dropping passes. Uh, but anyway, it was in a Super She's Bowl. something. Yeah, it was She's one, of the, something. one of those things. Uh, Brooke Pryor, happy Thanksgiving, happy Friendsgiving. I appreciate your time always at B.E. Pryor on Twitter. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Go have some turkey and mac and cheese. Mm, turkey, yes. I'm not a mac and cheese guy. <laughs> but that's all oh, right. That's disappointing. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. See ya.